Hi there, I'm Jacqueline, and welcome to the In Relation Podcast, a place where we talk the good, the bad, and the ugly about tough stuff. Life happens fast and sometimes too fast to process our feelings, but it's more important than ever to understand what hard times do to us and how it can impact our future. So join me as I learn everything I can from others about myself and them in relation to everything, because I believe the more we know, the better we'll do. Okay, amazing. So uh, today we are speaking to two women. Uh, we have Hillary and Jacqueline on the, on the line with, with us today. Um, and we're talking about something that I am so excited about. Um, I think this is going to be such a beautiful story. I can't wait to be the one to share this. I just want to say again to both of you, Hillary and Jacqueline, thank you so much for um, letting me share this story. I'm so honored to do so. And we are going to talk about uh, this surrogate journey that these two are in. So, yay. Um, so Thanks welcome- for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess if you don't mind, we will start this off with um, Hillary, you can start. Uh, just kind of introduce yourself and then Jacqueline, introduce yourself as well. And then I'll kind of go into how uh, I got in, in touch with you guys. Okay. Yep, sounds good. So I'm Hillary Rivett. Um, I would say I'm a pretty energetic, passionate, uh, compassionate person. And I've always known that I've wanted to be a mom. I'm a high school teacher. I've always loved working uh, with children. And so becoming a mom was a really important thing to me. And uh, I've been married to my husband, Josh, that you'll hear about um, coming up on eight years. And uh, we live in Milton. Congratulations. Eight years. Good for you guys. Um, and I am Jacqueline Boyle, so I am Sorrel Mama. Um, mm-hmm. I have two kids of my own, six and eight. Um, also would consider myself very energetic. I think Hillary and I are a good match in that way because we totally understand each other. Yeah. Um, and uh, I have been married coming up 12 years. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. I've been with my yes. husband almost 20. <laughs> so, yeah, that's me. Amazing. And I think it's so funny that you said that, you know, you guys are both energetic and you have to connect. Um, I can imagine that's super important through this process. And it's kind of funny when I reached out to um, Hillary, who I have a bit of um, a previous relationship with, but I basically had said, you know, if anything's off the table, if there's something that you don't want me to bring up, uh, let me know. And Hillary's like, nope, we're both very open people and that's my kind of people. So I think this is going to be a great uh, episode today. I'm really excited. Hopefully, yes. Yeah. So I guess, I guess Hillary and I, I can just kind of give a little bit of a background. Um, so my mom used to do, like, used to run an Arbonne business. And Hillary and I met uh, when I went to, was it Quebec? That we yeah, went to? Quebec. Yeah. 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 So my mom just brought me along. I kind of had a, uh, like a ladies weekend. And Hillary and I had met there. So we, we knew who each other were. Um, I did not have children at that time. So I guess it was what, like six years ago, maybe now? Yeah. Something least. like that. Yeah. Probably yeah. Right. Yeah. Actually, Kyle and I, I think we just kind of got more serious. So that's, yes. that would have been about six years ago. Yeah. So, um, I knew Hillary and then my mom 
actually kind of filled me in uh, like maybe a month or so ago about what Hillary was going through. And like, I obviously fell in love with the entire story. Um, so I reached out to Hillary and I said, hey, like, I, I would love to hear about it if you were comfortable to speak with with me about it. And now we're here. So, um, yeah, so let's get going on this. So I guess um, give me a little bit of the breakdown, Hillary, as far as like what you and Josh have been through um, to bring you to where you are today. Yeah. So like I said, um, we always wanted children. And so we got married in 2013. And then we were like, we're going to plan this amazing Europe trip. And we're going to get pregnant. At, and like on our anniversary in Belgium, we thought we could pick the day, all of that <laughs> fun stuff. Um, and so we tried and uh, month after month, we just kept getting like negative pregnancy tests. Um, and uh, I have been very open, you know, with some friends and, and family that we were going to try having kids. And mm -hmm. a lot of those people had gone through their own fertility journey. So I was very um, aware that it doesn't always happen quickly. Um, and I was running with, it's actually Josh's cousin, who's become a very good friend of mine as well as family. And mm -hmm. uh, she had a bit of a journey and I always was like, well, I'm not going to wait too long. So we started trying to guess, um, August, ooh, what, 2006. Yeah. August, 2016. And very early on by like that Christmas, November, actually that November, I was like, yeah, something's up. Like, I just don't think like something's wrong. And mm -hmm. um, so we went earlier than a lot of uh, couples to a fertility clinic. And then sure, sure enough, we got some different uh, diagnosis and re and we were told, so I would have been about uh, 26. Um, and I was told, yeah, about, yeah, 26, turning 27. And I was told, you know, the only way you'll be able to have kids is through IVF. And I was like, what? Um, and, you know, I'm a, I have some science background, phys ed background. I teach science. So I, I know a little bit about IVF. And I was like, yeah, you just always hear that's like, like, that's like the last thing you have to do, right? Like, and you just, right. see, you see, you see paying and you see dollar signs. And yeah. I was just like, there's no way, like, there's gotta be a way. And like, um, you know, I've always believed in like naturopath medicine and was like, there's got, so I, you know, I, I connected with the womb in Milton and lived there and did all of the things. And, you know, my naturopath, uh, Dr. Amy, Amy Dobby, who I love, who's now also a good friend of mine, she was like, you do everything, you know, like, I wish all my clients were like you just because I followed everything. So we realized like, there were some comp like, you know, severe complications. Mm -hmm. So we did all the things we got my body ready. And we started so we were with a fertility clinic locally. And we did uh, IUI, it was in the mm -hmm. spring, and I'll never forget it. And you know, we did exactly what you're supposed to do. I took time off work, you know, I did all the things and it was just month after month of just, you know, like horrid, like it was horrible. So then yeah. I remember the second IUI just laying on the table, bawling my eyes out, be like, I, I don't want to do this. It's not going to work. I hate this being so miserable. And I actually look back and what's so interesting is we've been through so much, but the IUIs were so hard. And I would say they were harder than IVF because I just, it was like deep down, I knew we were just wasting time and money. 
Um, so anyways, long story short, we are on the, uh, wait list for IVF in, with that clinic and we got the call quite quickly. Um, end of June. Sorry, Hillary, just yeah. to, just, just for people who are listening, who don't understand exactly what those steps are. Can you just explain very briefly the difference between IUI and IVF? Yeah. So IUI is um, insemination of the sperm. So basically they uh, sample and get out all of the good sperm. Um, and then when they believe you're about to ovulate, really just before, um, they inseminate. Um, it's really quick. It's easy. You takes like a second. <laughs> and and that depending on the clinics, uh, they in our clinic, they did it twice. So they did with 24 hours. So 24 hours after, um, just to make sure that you, you know, they catch ovulation because it can be so, um, for some people, it can be very irregular. Yeah. Um, and they obviously do ultrasounds leading up to make sure that they're pretty close. Um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of couples, a lot of couples I know, um, it works for them, but yeah, I just had that feeling. So then IVF, um, is basically where they stimulate um, your body to make as many eggs as possible. So the one thing that I did have on my side, it was that I was young compared to a lot of the world. Um, but it was still infuriating to be told, oh, don't worry, you're young. It's like misconception that a lot of, I feel like doctors need to get a bit better at or just like society. It's like, it doesn't matter. This is this is, I want a kid. It doesn't matter my age. Right. Yeah, um, so absolutely. that was a positive that I, you know, it drove me crazy and definitely some eye rolls, but, um, mm-hmm. definitely tried to keep on my side, the positive. Yep. So yeah. So they stimulate you, you take like a bunch of drugs, depending on your doctor, the clinic, your body. Um, there's a different protocol for, you know, people and hopefully there's a different protocol for each person. Straightforward for me, I would say it was easy because my body produces a bunch of eggs. Um, I'm lucky that I'm not someone who was ever really scared of needles. Um, and this is just something that I wanted. So um, that summer, uh, it was great. As a teacher, I was off. So I spent that summer yeah, injecting myself for, you know, a couple of weeks. And then we had egg retrieval. And at this clinic, they don't put you out. So I felt everything and it was horrible. <laughs> and they just like, oh, no. get them all out. <laughs> um, so I, you know, for everyone, go to somewhere that uh, they'll put you out and get drugs. Because uh, that's way better. <laughs> mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so we are lucky. I can't remember the number 20 something. Um, and mm-hmm. then we made about eight embryos. So then everything's super exciting. We go to transfer the embryos and uh, my body was not doing the things. My uterus, I had a a very uh, thin uterine lining. So they didn't, you know, of course they didn't tell me that during IUIs, but then we find this out. So, you know, back to the natural path I go, I, you know, I do all the things, acupuncture, eat, drink, you know, what was it? Uh, Pomegranate juice and eat like red meats and all of those things. Um, And so eventually what happened is they would cancel the cycle. And so that was a lot of heartbreak because I would take all these medications that made me crazy. um, And then it would be canceled. So again, time and drugs being used and my overall mental health and physical health. No uh, kidding. I didn't really realize at the time, but uh, now I know. Um, so 
eventually we got, were able to uh, transfer one embryo. So this is um, probably close to a year into our journey at this point. And the embryo took and we were pregnant. We were overjoyed. Um, and you know, the pregnancy test, and then we go in for the blood test and the number was, it was low, but it was still early. It was still good. Um, and then, you know, you go back for it, 80 hours and the number has to double. So that number uh, exceeded it. I was actually in home sense with mom at that time. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and it was over double. So we, you know, we went out for lunch, we celebrated, it was all very exciting. And then about six weeks of pregnancy, I started to spot a little bit. Um, and then just kind of my world fell apart. Um, we went to the clinic. Uh, I believe we went to the hospital. Then we found out we were miscarrying. Um, so I had to go through that process. Um, so I took um, some medication to help me with that. My body didn't respond. Had to take more of it. Finally, was able to miscarry, um, and this time I think everything was okay. Um, and so then we went to the ultrasound, and they uh, said no heartbeat uh, at this point, or oh, a low, like a low heartbeat. So one of them, I yeah. So then this happened again for the third time. The second time, yeah, I think there was a low heartbeat if I could remember correctly. And every we'd have to keep going back every few days, and it was so sad because you literally just saw the heartbeat go down until it reached zero. Um, oh, hurry! So, yeah, so that was uh, pretty traumatizing, mm-hmm, um, to say the least. Yeah, and then, and this was all over. The second one was all over Mother's, right around Mother's Day, um, which was. It's, you know, anyone going through these issues, Mother's Day is a really, really hard time um, for people. And um, so it was right before Mother's Day. And I was like, I can't have like, and this is so sad and it is sensitive, but I, in my head, I was like, I can't have a dead embryo or baby in me like over Mother's Day. Like I can't do it. And so we went to the, my doctor was like, I think you need to have a DNC. So like just so insensitive, sent me to an abortion clinic in Toronto. That was a crazy, that's a whole other story. So went there, had no idea what was happening because I was sent there because I needed um, like second medication that the hospitals can't prescribe. So anyways, I did have a DNC. Um, And then we tried again the third time and literally the same thing happened and I didn't want a DNC again. So I just, uh, we I just miscarried uh, taking the medicine and I had to take three rounds of that. So like, not only was I miscarrying, my body wouldn't let go. <laughs> um, wow. So it was super, super, super traumatic. Um, yeah, lots of physical and definitely some mental pain through that. And the sad part is that um, like I was seeing a psychotherapy psychotherapist and I still do and um good good for you that's incredible I think that's so important we'll we'll talk about that later but it's definitely something that um I would never change and I'm proud of it now absolutely Um, we should be um where was I going with that um and it kind of dawned on me like I'm an expert at miscarrying. Like, it was just so sad because I knew by the third time I knew what to do. Like, I knew how to make it comfortable and, you know, mentally go through it. So 
um, so yeah, so I, at that point I knew we were done with this local clinic enough is enough. So we went to Toronto, um, where the, uh, a lot of really good doctors I, I found. Um, so we went to a clinic downtown Toronto. They were amazing. They re, you know, did all these new tests, um, found, um, so I was with the old clinic for about two years. They found that I had PCOS. They said, you have to have autoimmune diseases that you don't know about. I'm like, yep, it runs in the family. I've told the old clinic. So anyways, it was just refreshing to have all new tests performed. Yes. And just, and most importantly, like my voice was hard. Um, and the, I saw the owner of the clinic and he just like, he cared. He was like, I'm going to not make you pay because the, uh, cycle before with IVF, it was, um, funded, uh, with OHIP. So -hmm. there were some expenses, but you know, much as a teacher and, you know, my husband, like much more affordable, but then going to this clinic, it was all going to be privately out of pocket. So, uh, the, this doctor was amazing. Yeah. I wanted to give us some discounts. So we just were like, okay, let's just do this. And he was like, let's just do another egg retrieval. So I was like, okay. And my first question was, are you going to put me out? Do you have drugs? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, absolutely. <laughs> so it was like a few summers later, I'll never forget. I, and I, I did, t- uh, I took a leave at this point from work. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I recommend that to everyone if you get to that point. Um, and so took a leave from work, got my body ready, reduced my stress level, just took, you know, self-care and took time for me, um, worked with the naturopath again. So then yeah, stimulated my ovaries, got a ton of eggs. Um, at this clinic, they do all the testing in-house. They have an amazing, uh, embryologist team. They do PGS testing, just amazing. So we got a ton of embryos. And then if I remember correctly, we got eight normal embryos and one mosaic, uh, which is amazing. So we did a bunch of different protocols to transfer and we transferred one. It didn't work. And I was like, oh, I'm not used to having a failed transfer. Okay. Didn't really know what to do with that. So then transferred again uh, and we transferred two this time. Mm-hmm. And again, nothing worked. And I was like, what? So then I switched doctors because that doctor was great, but I just wanted uh, like a 10th opinion at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then, uh, and he was, yeah, he was great. And um, uh, we transferred again and it was, when was this? Uh, about last January, February-ish. Yeah. And yeah, last February. And um I was pregnant again and we're like, okay, fourth pregnancy, this is good. Everything felt really good. The hormone levels, everything was like perfect. Yep. Then we, then I start spotting again. I'm like, oh my God, I know this all too well. So then we go to the clinic. The nice thing about this clinic is they're open all the time. So they took me right in and yeah, like I was not, they could not see an ultrasound what they should at six weeks. And again, six weeks is early, but uh, having Mm -hmm. been through this the fourth time, I, I just knew. Um, and I, and my poor husband, like he really was devastated. Oh my God, is this ever going to happen for us? Um, and so we miscarried and I, you know, had a horrible time with the drugs again, but whatever, I knew what I was doing. Um, really advocated for no DNC, would wait it out. And at that point I realized I was terrified of surrogacy for many reasons, but I realized 
that this was something that I needed to pursue. Um, and we were, I forgot to mention, we were also adopt ready. So at the same time as miscarrying, I got it, you know, we finalized being adopt ready. And we also were like, we got to put this story out there and we got to move on to surrogacy. So that's kind of that. Um, I don't know if you want me to go into surrogacy yet or. Um... Okay. So first of all, I just have to like, like that is, that is a lot. That is a lot for someone to deal with in four, four years. Mm, yeah. We're just over five now. So like I just did a, you know, a previous um, podcast with uh, a, a friend who, who miscarried and, and we talked about that to try to get to basically kind of to spread the word, not because it's a, a terrible thing to happen to someone, but like you said, to understand what's about to happen to your body. I think a lot of women go into a miscarry. I, I mean, I, I've never had one, so I can't, um, you know, understand how those, how it feels, but if we don't talk about what's going to happen to your body, then how are we supposed to educate and help people through it? Right. Whether it's your, your partner, your friend, your, whatever it is, if we don't talk about it, we don't know how to support people. So thinking back to the episode that I, you know, I did previously, and then having you share that you've been through this so many times and how traumatic I know it is to go through, through one time, I, I can't even imagine what you've been through. And, and you're, you're such a warrior already for putting your body through emotionally, physically, your, you know, your husband, like you said, it, this is not easy shit. This is hard. This is very, very hard stuff. Yeah. And it's like when you talk about it now, you've almost lost that you've you've probably spoken about this so many times that you can get through it without the tears anymore because you've you've almost had to. Like you've had to create this like hard exterior shell for yourself because it's just been nothing but heartache. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of time and a lot of counseling <laughs> through it too, um, to get all of that out. But uh, absolutely, you could yeah. you couldn't do this without I think support, like no. therapy support. I I really don't think that you could. Yeah, I've uh, seen two different psychotherapists and uh, love them both. And yeah, just need different perspectives, right? And and just the tools, right? To and strategies to get through. So. Absolutely. Um, well, like already, I feel like, you know, we're not even halfway into this and you're, you're such an inspiration for so many people. So that's, that's, Thank it's you. honestly incredible, Hillary. <laughs> well, and that's, that's the one thing I think that has allowed me to move on and to heal um, is to, yeah, people have been so kind and say like, oh, it's been inspirational. And, you know, I'm like, really? Um, but at least, you know, if I can help one person or you know a few then then it's worth it right so you bet yeah absolutely and I think that that kind of brings you to where you guys are now so explain how explain what you said to me through our um our Facebook messages and and just explain you know what you had said on Facebook essentially and then what what brought you to Jacqueline and and how that kind of went yeah and so that kind of ends well with what I was kind of ending last so yeah we uh, once I was going through my fourth miscarriage I realized yeah we need to move on to surrogacy so I said to my husband there's so many people out there that um they want to hear more they want to know more I had posted prior to on social media kind of what we've been going through and I was like you know I we had such an amazing response from that I really think if we put something out on social media that somehow 
you know, we're, there's going to be a solution. Mm -hmm. And so we are adopt ready and we're also looking into surrogacy. So we, um, got Christmas photos done that year and with our new puppy. And so we're like, okay, we're going to use that photo. I'm going to write up a blurb. This is a great way to get through my like miscarriage. So I was like, okay, laying in bed, I'm going to type it all out. So we just typed out this like heartfelt message from the bottom of our hearts, summarize what we've been through. And, you know, we're just like, we want to become parents so bad. Um, we're looking for a gestational carrier uh, because it is our embryos. And so that's the technical term. People just say surrogate. Um, so we often use that, but um, that's the difference. It's gestational carrier because it is our genetic embryo, my husband and I. Um, okay. So we the doctors were at this point saying, you know, you still have, you know, four or five embryos left. It might be a good time to look into this so that, you know, you can use your embryos and not more time and money. So we thought that was a good idea. Yeah. But we just said we were looking for this gestational carrier. And also we are still open to adoption uh, privately. If anyone had any connections, uh, reach out to us. So we really thought we'd just get connections for adoption. We didn't really think anyone would come forward uh, with a gestational carrier or like it wouldn't be like really serious. Um, and so we posted it and I remember just like clicking sent. I'm like, okay, Josh, it's out there. Oh, that feeling. Just oh, threw it out to the world. I remember I was sitting on our island downstairs and we pressed uh, share on uh, Instagram and Facebook. And really, really, really quick, Jacqueline uh, messaged me and she's like, hey, haven't, you know, chatted for a while, um, but this is something that I've always um, thought of, even before having my own children. And, you know, now my kids are at that time, what, five and seven? Five and, seven yeah. and uh, I was like, oh my gosh, because when I knew her, she was, uh, super, they were much younger and uh, she was just like, if I can do this, this is something I really want to do. And I was just like, absolutely taken aback. I remember talking, mm -hmm. like, I'm so nervous. And uh, so, yeah, we just sent out uh, her some information and it was like dating again, right? Like it was literally, <laughs> I love it. it was dating her. And then it turned into basically dating her family. Yeah. And I remember we went over and it was during stupid COVID times, but it was, yeah, in the spring. And so things were a bit more relaxed at that point with COVID. So we right. could go out and, you know, went to her house for a little barbecue and yeah, just like, it was like feeling out like her kids, her husband. <laughs> her. <laughs> and sorry, did you guys have a previous relationship or when you said yes. you knew her? No, yeah. sorry. So how I knew her. So um, I would say we were acquaintances at that point, but, uh, when, like, uh, Natalie said, when we were, uh, I know Natalie through, um, I was a consultant with Arbonne and, um, Jacqueline was as well. And so we were on what we call sideline teams. And so we met at a couple functions and we actually went to Vegas together. We actually have a picture with us and our friend Lisa um, in Vegas together. And like, what's Amazing. so crazy is like, look back at that picture and like, Oh my Who would have known? In five years, this lady is going to be carrying my baby. Like what? <laughs> so it's, it's, oh my god! Yeah, pretty amazing. So yeah, like at that point, we hadn't talked for years. Like, and we just, you know, how you keep people on Facebook. Just you like them, and they were mm -hmm, cool. But mm -hmm. like, 
that's about it. Like, I don't even, yeah. we never really liked each other, never like liked each other's photos, never really commented, just like Facebook friends. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I like, I'm spinning. I have a hundred questions. My heart's like racing in the happiest <laughs> way. Should I sex you um, six hours for this? <laughs> um, I guess like, so Jacqueline, for you, yeah. when you reached out and like, when you read this message, like what, what did you feel? And like, what made you be like, I need to do this. So I had been again, because we were just like Facebook acquaintances, right? I had seen their journey um, because they had been very open, probably with your, was that your final transfer or this? Probably the third. Yeah. um, Where they had started to kind of vlog about the process. um, And I've had friends who have struggled with IVF and struggled with miscarriages. So the story was something that I was definitely following very closely because I also was very impressed at how open and honest Mm -hmm. they were being with their story and with their journey, because it is something that so many people don't really openly talk about, uh, which makes it hard, right? Because it kind of continues to perpetuate the stereotype that there's something wrong with you if you need IVF. And that's not, that's not right. It's, it's so common, but it's still shamed, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that in following their story. And then when they really put themselves out there and said, you know, we're looking for either a surrogate or we're adopt ready. If you know someone who's, who's going to have a baby that they want to put up for adoption. Um, I remember like, I didn't even talk to my husband before I responded (laughs) (laughs) because I similar to Hillary's thought process when she posted it, that like, if we do get something, it's not going to turn out to anything. I kind of was on the same wavelength. Like I was like, well, I'll respond and tell her I'm interested, but like, what are the chances that it's going to go through? Because I'm, I'm 30, I was 36 at the time. Um, so I was like, I'm probably even too old to do this. Like I knew the generals about surrogacy, but not all the intricacies that come along with it. So I was like, I'm sure that when I message her, she's going to be like, oh no, like we need someone in there early thirties or late twenties kind of thing. Right. I, I just messaged her and then like right away she came back. And I think like within the next day we were talking on the phone. Yes. And same thing. Like I was nervous too, because I was like, I really haven't talked to her in a while. Is it weird that I'm like so eagerly reaching out to be like, I'll carry a baby for you. (laughs) (laughs) Facebook stalker, but no, it was, and then, yeah, just the same thing. Like it's totally like dating. Again, like it was like oh, getting to know God. Hillary, getting to know Josh. Yeah. Stuff. Like it's the same like butterflies, the same excitement, the same nerves. Are they going to like me? I was like, my kids need to behave so she doesn't think I raise hoodlums. <laughs> like, uh, oh my God, yeah, this is so good. <laughs> when, I, when I saw the post, like it's, it is funny though. There was no hesitation, like none. I just responded oh, that's, because that's it's so something so I wanted to do. So Yeah. Yeah. And what was amazing is a bunch of people reached out. Like Josh and I were floored with how many, like we had, Jacqueline was obviously the most serious and she just, I don't know, we just got along so well initially that that was like always our number one choice. Like that we just deep down really hoped that it would work with her. Um, Mm -hmm. And there were so many amazing women, like women who like we barely know uh, a lot of women from my husband's work that is a predominantly male uh job and a lot of like so there's not a ton of women and most of all of the women he works with were all like hey if you don't find something like i'll do it 
like, but I'm not your first choice kind of thing. Like, they're like, if we have to, we'll do it. That's incredible. So like this wild community just kind of came at you to yeah. support you. Yeah. And so we and, still oh, that's are amazing. very thankful for that, right? Like there's some people that Josh works with that he just always thought were amazing, but he's just like, that was so a whole new level to even offer, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was really good for him because I mean, that's a whole other uh, episode, but how men often aren't, um, a lot of people don't think to support them or like, it's just not talked about. Right. Um, Absolutely. So yep. He found that amazing. Like he really felt that support, which yeah. just having that and those people reach out was like, that was also an amazing thing that came from it too. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, okay. So you guys dated, you hit it off. Yeah. The best part. Well. <laughs> Things are going well. And then I guess like take us through the first step to like, yeah. Like where do you start and where, where are we now? You want to start? Sure. <laughs> so the most important thing for me when we started the journey is, and Hillary and I, again, because we have very similar personalities, um, openness and honesty was like the most important thing in all of this, like how we were feeling about things. Like we had to be able to talk to each other. Um, yeah. that was like our number one rule. Um, and I had said from the very beginning that at no point in time did I want this to feel like I was selling a baby to somebody. So in Canadian surrogacy, um, there is no exchange of money. So unlike in the States, what you see and what you hear and see in surrogacy is women who are basically like baby factories for lack of a better term. Um, so okay. they have six or eight babies as a surrogate, but they're getting paid huge amounts of money to do that in Canada. Okay. There's a hard and fast law around the fact that no money can exchange hands. So at no point in time, am I selling a baby to anyone? The only financial exchange is basically the cost of the IVF is on the intended parents or the IPs. Yeah. Uh, and any cost that I may incur as a result of the pregnancy, the things like maternity clothes or yep. like that type of thing. Yeah. So it was just important to me that we did have a good cohesive bond between Hillary, Josh, myself and my husband, Pat, and mm -hmm. that we became an extension of each other's families, if possible, that I just didn't want it to be businessy. So once we kind of, and Hillary was on the same page. Like, I just think when you go. Oh yeah. Like I think this, you have to be. You do. There are lots and lots of women and lots and lots of couples who use agencies and it is more of a business type transaction and that's what works for them. And that's totally fine. I think some yeah. sort need that separation. Whereas yeah. for myself, I needed to know that not that they were good people because that was never a question, but just that there was a connection there and that I wasn't just going to totally. have a baby and be done with it. Right. Cause it's yeah. a lot. Um, yeah. So yeah. So we started talking, went through all of that, Hillary and Josh. So I knew nothing about IVF. I'm extremely fortunate that both of my children were conceived extremely easily. Um, and I had very easy, healthy pregnancies. I also have never suffered a miscarriage. So she was a great wealth of information to walk me through everything. And essentially the start of the process is me getting cleared by the clinic to be a carrier. So okay. I have to first thing was we had to meet with a psychologist. Oh, well, I told my husband too, at some point in here that I was doing this. <laughs> yeah, I hope, I hope so. It's funny because he was reluctant, but he never said, 
like out and out said no. I think because right. he knew at the end of the day, it was my body and my choice. But after the birth of my daughter, I had suffered severe postpartum depression. So okay. his, his big concern was after baby was born, how was I going to be and to manage that? We went through the first round of psychological screening, essentially, which is administered by the clinic. Okay. And they are essentially just asking questions and making sure that you understand what is happening with surrogacy and that you're fine to carry the baby, you're fine to give the baby away, what type of support did I have as a gestational carrier from my family? So was my husband on board, my kids on board, my extended family? Um, they're really just making sure that at no point throughout the journey are you all of a sudden going to be like, I'm not giving this baby up. Because right. that can become, that's a legitimate concern, especially for intended parents. I mean, there's no higher level of trust that a human being can give to another human being than letting you carry their offspring. Like it's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. The level of trust that's needed for that. Yeah. So went through all the screening. Um, and one of the first questions I asked was like, am I not too old for this? And then they were like, no, no, no. As long as you have a uterus, you're fine. So I was like, yeah. oh, okay. I have one of those. Yeah. So once that's all done, um, then it's medical screening. Okay. So they make sure that I'm healthy. So a lot of blood work. Um, they check, you know, check my uterus. Sauna histogram. Yeah. So a hydrosauna histogram, which nobody warned me about. <laughs> I did. I, I didn't know you. what it was though. Tylenol, <laughs> which essentially they insert water into your uterus. So it is like, for those that have had babies, labor. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And, and what they're doing is they're using it to flush out and check the uterus to make sure that it's healthy. Um, but I was caught off guard by it. <laughs> But it's sure. it's not bad. That was probably the most uncomfortable of the entire process is that one particular test. Um, okay. And then through all of this, we have to have, so the clinic will not transfer an embryo until there is a legally binding contract in place. So we both okay. had to have lawyers. A contract is drawn up that clearly states um, any exchange like uh, red not retribution, repayment um, of finances and that kind of thing, a budget's laid out um, and just what the expectations are around the surrogacy. You do have to abstain from intercourse with your partner during the time leading up to transfer because you're off of birth control and I am hopped up on tons of hormones at this point. So you cannot take the chance that you may get pregnant with your own child. So that's the one thing you have to make sure your partner's on board for. <laughs> so his name is Pat, yeah? Yeah, yes. So, so Pat's also an MVP through this whole process. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did, he A round of applause for you, Pat. <laughs> right? And he did give me every injection. So I gave myself one injection one time and I almost passed out. Okay. And I was like, nope, that's it. Someone needs to give these to me. So he was a champ and he gave me the injections. Oh, that's amazing. Me. Good yeah. for him. Good Although I think so, maybe he enjoyed it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little prick. Um, so like you really, the four of you truly are in this all together, which is yeah. amazing. I would say the six, like oh, the kids, yeah. like. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh my yeah. God. It's just, it's the cool, this is, this is the coolest story. Like I feel like I could talk to you for hours. I really do. <laughs> I'm going to have to be careful with how, how, how many questions I ask you guys. Yeah. Um, okay. Awesome. So then you are good to go, Jacqueline. Everything's looking like and what was your yep. uh, uterus uh, oh i have a textbook uterus according to the uh 
the fertility. Perfect. Plan. I was perfect. like, well, that's great. Yeah. Good. And for me, I had so many complications. So I'm like, perfect. I finally have a textbook freaking uterus. <laughs> Um, oh my yeah. So once all of the screenings completed, um, the contracts in place and both sides have signed off on everything, um, then you're cleared for transfer. So we did our first transfer in July of last year. Okay. Um, and we would have, I started the medications in June. So we were about a month, six weeks from the time I started the medication to first. Um, first transfer didn't take, unfortunately. Um, and I was devastated. I was terrified to tell Hillary and Josh. Um, Oh, I can imagine that feeling in your stomach when you, when you figured, yeah. Yeah. I, I just felt like I had let them down, um, and all of that kind of thing. So we talked it through and, you know, I said, I'm good to go whenever the clinic will clear me because again, it's not a miscarriage. So you're not actually waiting for anything. You just have to wait for your next cycle. Right. Um, so we did our second transfer the end of August. Um, and I knew within two or three days that I was pregnant. I just, I just knew. Of course. Um, so we did the same testing. We have to do the same HGC blood testing. So I went yep. for my test. Numbers were good. I went for the second test and I think they had tripled. Oh yeah. Or quadrupled. Like they were high. So at oh, that geez. point in time, we were like, yep, no, we're definitely, definitely pregnant. Um, and I took, I think I took a pregnancy test for for, it started taking pregnancy tests three or four days post transfer. So I had positive three days, but I didn't tell them right away. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. To be sure I wasn't getting a false positive. Like I just absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause in July, like Josh and I like, we're so devastated. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, we know that that can happen, but it was just another, you know, failure. And I think Jacqueline just wanted to be so sure. Yeah. Like I was like, I'm yeah. super sure I'm pregnant. So yeah, totally. one every day for seven days. So we have a compilation of pregnancy tests. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then we were pregnant. And the crazy thing is, is when I called Hillary to tell her officially, she was with her extended family at her mom's place. So like she had aunts and uncles there and it was just like the perfect setting because everybody was there and I FaceTimed her and I think she probably knew right away when I FaceTimed her because that's what you're expecting to hear at that point in time. So it was just really neat that she got to celebrate it with her whole family when she yeah. went out. So, so yeah. So Hillary, Hillary, what was that like? Explain that phone call. Oh my God. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Josh was out. I think he went to hit balls that day or something. And um, so, yeah, she was just like really quickly just FaceTime me. And I was like, okay, something's up. And I went, yeah, my mom was nearby. So I was like, okay. So I tried to hide from my mom just in case I found something out. And uh, my mom moved to a new place on the water. So I was by the water and I just... Yeah, she was like, so what are you doing next May? (laughs) And I just knew in that instant and I just like started bawling. And her kids were there and her husband were on the other side of the FaceTime. And yeah, her kids have just been like ever from day one with us on it. And uh, so I said, okay, Jacqueline, you're going to surprise Josh when like you're going to like, I don't want to just tell him, you know, you and your kids like we all have to tell him. And so Josh got home and we like snuck him somewhere and away from my mom and her husband. 
And we told him and he was just like, what? Like he was just like floored. And like, we, we took a moment and yeah, we cried and we're like, okay, we're not going to tell anyone until like, I'm very close to my grandparents and they all live down there. So they had walked this journey and they really helped. They, my grandparents and my mom uh, helped us financially to get this uh, journey started. So it was just like, it kind of came full circle at that point. Absolutely. Um, so they were coming over anyways for a barbecue. And, okay. Um, so I was like, okay, like I finally get my moment to tell them because for five years, I gonna tell my family I was pregnant and I just was like well I'm never telling them that like you know so it's so nice that we had that and uh yeah they just it was COVID time so it was outdoors mass kind of thing and I just oh we have it on video I watched it the other day and it was like I said uh my mom brought her dream home and I just said so like next summer like you guys want to teach a baby how to swim in that lake they were like what no. <laughs> and Jacqueline was on FaceTime I believe and my sister was on FaceTime because my sister's in Vancouver so yeah we really oh, man. To, um, have everyone part of it so yeah that was super super magical and the neat thing about that is um, because I had gone through so many losses and even though it was so early, like it was still only like four and a half weeks pregnant. And, but I wasn't like, I was nervous, but I wasn't anxious. Like I had been the private, like, I just like, was like, this is it. It's going to work. Right. So that was pretty amazing to be able to feel like that. Uh, like it, yeah. Like it, I have tears in my eyes. I think it's just the most <laughs> beautiful thing. When you told me Hillary that Jacqueline, you know, said, what what did she say that she, you were going to have a long week? You're going to have a long weekend baby or something or. No, oh, she, she messaged you on the long weekend and said that you were going to have like, you're having yeah, a baby. So, yeah. You yeah. FaceTime me on Labor Day weekend yes. and yeah. said, yeah, like, what are you doing next May? Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be a mom next May. So. Yeah. Like you told me this story and I just, I broke down. Like I, I it's just amazing. Like it's, there, there's no words like to be a surrogate, I can't even imagine, Jacqueline, how that feels that you are giving someone the most beautiful gift that it, they can ever have. It's yeah. funny because people ask me that all the time. And I, my take on it or my opinion on it for what, it, what it's worth is if I can, why wouldn't I? Like there are so many women who can't carry a baby who desperately mm -hmm. want to be parents mm -hmm. that can't and I am perfectly healthy I'm built to make babies that's I'm just one of those fortunate people I have the most easygoing boring pregnancies I don't get morning sickness I don't like I'm just lucky that way so if I can why wouldn't I and I think that's how I felt when I saw Hillary's post that it was just a no-brainer like I'm healthy I'm still youngish why it's, wouldn't it's I incredible have a family right so I don't yeah. see it as doing anything that's so crazy I just don't see it that way I just think I they deserve to have a baby like anyone else who wants a baby and I can help them do that so yeah yeah no the fact that you don't even see how amazing of a, of a woman it makes you is is just it's incredible so th this story is I, I really hope that people who are you know going through the 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 hardest unimaginable days and you know Hillary like you've been through not like one two three you've had a lot of shit go on and I hope that anybody listening can 
there is a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, like surrogacy yeah. as much as, yeah, it's, it's gotta be so scary. There's so many unknowns, like you said, but if, if it's something that you, you know, you get to that point, yeah, think, think about Hillary and think about Jacqueline and their families and how beautiful this is. Like, this is, this is, you know, you guys have made a, a whole new side, like a whole new friendship, right? Like, yeah, it, it's just, it's so cool. It's like women empowering women in a whole different freaking spectrum that I just, I'm blown away. Like I, I, I can't even explain how I feel about this. I just think that it's the coolest thing. And you both are so lucky to have each other. And I guess like moving forward, any advice that you guys would have for, you know, a family going through infertility or someone who does want to be a surrogate for somebody else, what, what's your advice for those families and those people? Well, my thing, um, for people, you know, going through the fertility journey and thinking about surrogacy, um, try not to be so scared, um, and do some research and learn a little bit about it because, and, and financially, like, yes, it, it's a lot, uh, but it's totally doable. Um, and it doesn't have to be through an agency and it doesn't have to be this crazy expense all at once. You can make right. it work. Um, had I had known that, I probably would have jumped on surrogacy a bit earlier. Interesting. Okay. So that's like a huge thing for me. Um, and um, a big, big, big thing that I've worked really hard on during this journey and Jacqueline and her family have been such a great sport. And my husband um, is that I needed to mimic as much as I could caring uh, because like psycho psychologically, I, I needed to um, be okay with not caring. And some yeah. of those things were, you know, experiencing, right? Like getting our baby bump photos, getting maternity photos, um, because that was just very important to me. I just always pictured that, right? Yeah, um, I think that's incredible. We celebrated Christmas. To we had we had Thanksgiving together with the baby. We had Christmas together. Um, we had our, yeah, we had our own Christmas. Um, and COVID, of course, happened through all of this uh, and made it much more right. difficult. Um, but but we did like we're we're due any day now, and uh, we they're done. due any day now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, oh like I can't goodness. believe that, right? So, um, yeah, yeah you're gonna be holding that baby very soon, Hillary. Yeah, and I look back, and yeah, I'm just I'm proud of us, and uh, yeah, Jacqueline's been <laughs> the best thing that ever's happened to us. So, oh, that's I think I'm I'm the lucky one in all of this. Like I said, the the amount of strength and courage and resilience that they have that Josh and Hillary have exhibited and then to to finally say okay let's trust someone to do this for us and mm -hmm. then to be the one that's chosen to be trusted to do it is yeah. beyond explanation like I can't there aren't words for it I mean as someone who has carried two of their own I don't know that I could relinquish that kind of control to someone because you don't know, right? Like they can tell mm -hmm. you they're doing all the right things, but you don't know at the end of the day. So just to be able to let go of that control and trust is yeah. incredibly, incredibly brave and strong. Um, and what I would say to anyone who wanted to be a surrogate is do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> especially if 
you're someone who really does have easy, healthy pregnancies. Um, because it is, it's, it's just like carrying your own. Um, but I would say you need to be in a place where you know you're done with your own. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I can I, imagine that's a yeah, big part yeah. too. I had my two, my youngest is six now. Um, I have zero desire to have any more babies, but yeah. I loved being pregnant. I loved being pregnant with my two. Um, the it's been remarkable through all of this is I never thought I would get to walk a journey like this with my own kids. So to watch my kids. So cool. It's been incredible. Um, I've tackled the hard baby conversations <laughs> without really having to have the conversation because it just comes up naturally when I talk about going to the doctor, when I talked about going to transfer. Um, yeah. You are literally teaching your children the coolest thing it, with it all happening in front of them. Yes. It's been amazing. And to watch each, the way each one of my children has responded, like my son is obsessed, obsessed with her. I thought it would be my daughter, but she's just like, I think she'll be obsessed when she's here. Whereas my son is really into the science behind it and what she's doing Mm -hmm. in there and how she's growing and that kind of thing. And that's something I never thought I would get to share with them. Yeah, and that's really powerful. But yeah, that would be my my biggest advice is, you know, make sure you're done because you mm-hmm. have to be able to disassociate from to some degree from the baby you're carrying. Um, yep. Make sure you have support resources in place. So, you know, the same way Hillary was seeing a psychotherapist, I've been seeing a psychotherapist. Um, it's important. Um, Definitely. And a connection. Like, I think for most people it's easier to do when it's someone you can connect with. So whether that's your uh, family member or your best friend, um, because you have to be able to communicate openly and honestly with one another to avoid that uncomfortable stuff. Cause there is some yucky, uncomfortable stuff. There's decisions that have to be made and there's now two people making those decisions. Right. Right. And did mom and carrying Suro mom, mm-hmm. but there's nothing to be afraid of, like nothing to be afraid of. The entire mm-hmm. IVF process is so simple um, yeah, I just, I just say, do it. I wish there were more women who would do it because. Mm-hmm. And it hopefully would... this will encourage someone who's, you know, feeling these things and they've listened to this and they think, oh my God, I can do that. I, I want to feel those things, you know, yeah. because there is nothing like it. It is totally different than carrying your own kids. It's a I totally imagine. bond and connection. Um, but it's still, it's so unique and it's something that the baby and I will always have right? Which is cool too. So yeah, do it. So when, when you deliver Jacqueline, what's the, again, COVID is making life (laughs) tough (laughs) in all directions. So let's throw a global pandemic on top of that. (laughs) I I honestly, I hope you guys write a book on all this nonsense, but um, (laughs) perfect. Perfect. Um, So when you deliver Jacqueline, how does it work? Can Hillary, like, is she allowed in the hospital? Obviously, like if you, if your support person, let's say is Pat, your husband, does Hillary, like, how does it work? So to further prove that Hillary and Josh have had to fight every step of the way to have this baby for the last five years of their lives, we had to fight with the hospital because of COVID Um, pandemic protocol within the hospitals right now. Well, for a period of time was no support person at all. There were women who were actually delivering babies without their partners present. Oh, I'm well aware. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, Which is insane and a form of pregnancy abuse in my mind, but anyway, different topic. (laughs) (laughs) So we had to meet with the um, hospital social worker 
and okay. head nurse of labor and delivery, as well as our midwife. And then the three of us, my husband wasn't able to come because someone had to watch my children. Um, yeah. So, and we basically had to advocate. And when I say advocate, I was in tears. Um, Hillary was a champ. She was taking none of it from Of course. But she they was, of course. said to me at the end of the day, I had to pick one person. Well, how do I pick one person? Because right. in our specific contract as well, the it had been laid out that decisions pertaining to baby were to be made by Hillary and Josh. And any decision that needed to be made on my behalf would be made by my husband in the event that I couldn't. So okay. that was one of our sticking points. It was like, well, how do we accomplish that if there's only one person in the room? And their answer was, well, we'll just call them. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, so if God forbid... Yeah went wrong and you're trying to call my husband on his cell phone to give you permission yeah. to do something like it didn't make any sense no so, that's garbage yeah so Hillary having done this long enough and knowing where her limits were basically said well then we'll just get the lawyer involved and that's totally fine it the hospital changes its tune pretty quick when you say that <laughs> um, good good for I you guys have to definitely give a shout out to our midwives as well because uh yes, midwife Lynn has been incredible in advocating on our behalf with the hospital um and the other i mean not nice for hillary but nice for me is she took it away from me so it was one stressor that i didn't have to worry about yeah. she with our midwife fought with the hospital so mm -hmm. i didn't do because i truthfully could not i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't be put in that position where i had to pick somebody to be in the room so at yeah. the day the hospital conceded and my husband can be there and both Josh and Hillary can be there because it's their baby. They should be there. There should be no reason mm -hmm. that one of them should have to miss it for any reason. No kidding. So yeah, absolutely. Get to be there. Yay, guys. Yeah. yeah. So it just, Amazing. it goes to further show that you have to, have to, have to advocate for yourself. You, you really do. Um, I feel like hospitals, especially when it comes to pregnant women, for some reason, think that they can push people around um but you need to advocate and if there's something you want or something you need you really have to have a voice for yourself and advocate mm -hmm. absolutely totally with you there thing like any you probably heard that a bit through my story was yeah you have to advocate for like that's all i've had like i and there was times i was exhausted from advocating and just said josh i can't do it anymore you have to Mm -hmm. um, and take breaks and rest. But, uh, unfortunately in this medical world, you do have to advocate for yourself. Yeah. yeah. So, and you're going to be a badass mom because of it. And that little <laughs> girl, is. little, yes. so little girl where Hillary, you're having a little girl, right? Yeah. Yeah. So she is lucky to have you and she's lucky to have both of you to teach her exactly how to advocate for herself through this world. Because amen to that you in all aspects of health, career, everything. Um, as women, we definitely need to advocate. And, and I try to push that with my little kids. I try to push that, you know, on my, you know, my doula platform. And I think that I could not agree more with everything that you guys have said that it, you need to advocate for yourself and do not take no and push those boundaries because that's what we got to do these days. Yeah. And it goes to show if you, if you push hard enough and you do your research, you know, look at what you can get. Just to kind of follow up. So uh, just in case people are interested. Um, so what's happening is baby's born. Um, and so we've decided um, we're going to do uh, delayed cord clamping. And, you know, if I have to jump on the bed in between Jacqueline's legs, 
jumping up. Uh, Good girl. Baby will go directly on me. Um, mm -hmm. And I just can't wait for Jacqueline to see like the gifts that she's given to us. I'm really, mm -hmm. really excited about that. Um, and Josh and I will do skin to skin. And then once we kind of are able to uh, Jacqueline and Pat will have their own room and Josh baby and I will have our own room, but we get to have adjoining rooms, just like the good old eighties hotel days. So oh, you guys are like slumbering <laughs> with this beautiful yeah. gift. That's yeah, like a part so, of you all. Yeah. So oh it, my it's gosh. pretty, well, hopefully that room will be available yeah. and, uh, yeah, we're pretty excited though. You should be so excited. You should just, yeah, you should be so excited. I'm so proud of both of you. Jacqueline, we haven't met personally, but like I already feel this wild connection with you. And I think that you are such a powerful person for doing this. I applaud both of you. I think that this is just the most beautiful story. I hope, I pray it connects with other people. And um, when this podcast goes live, I will definitely be sharing, you know, if you guys are okay with it, your information. So if people have questions um, that they can, you know, maybe ask, ask them themselves, if they're, they're not comfortable to do it through a platform that they can maybe reach out personally, if that's something that you guys would be okay with. I would yes, love that. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. We've got, oh, some you guys plans. Are just We've got some plans coming out eventually. So good. Yeah. You should, yeah. um, you are two powerhouse women and you need to share this amazing story and, and touch as many people as you can, I think. And I am so honored that I'm the first to have this interview with you guys. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much again. Um, we've, I mean, I could talk to you guys for another hour and maybe we, maybe we will offline, but um, yeah. again, thank you so much for, you know, speaking with me today. Um, I wish you the most beautiful delivery, Jacqueline and thank Hillary. I cannot wait to see a picture of you with your little girl and, Oh, I could just, I could talk to you guys all day. So thank you so much. Um, you both are just the most empowering women. And I hope that this story reaches many, many people. So thank you again for today. Thank yes, you. thank you. Thanks and uh, just sending love out to anyone uh, going through somewhat of a Yes. Yeah. So, yes. yeah. Thank Absolutely. you. Well, we couldn't just leave you hanging. We are so happy to announce that baby girl has been born since recording this episode and mamas and baby are doing very well. Ellie Ann Jacqueline Rivette was born at nine pounds, one ounce and is thriving. We are so proud to share this with our listeners. And again, we congratulate you all and truly, truly appreciate the openness and sharing this beautiful and powerful story. Congratulations, guys. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to come along for the ride. It's always better when we do it together. So subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Instagram, and check out our website, all places you can go to learn more.